Hey Girl Hey. Welcome to Savannah Turner's Hey Girl Hey podcast. A place where we seek to inspire, comfort, and connect. Through the experiences of our guests, I want to offer young women some I wish I knew wisdom and hope to provide comfort in the idea that success is allowed to look different than the roadmap we had originally drawn out for ourselves. I'm your host, Savannah Turner, and today you'll be hearing from Brandy Amadon, Traveler's Rest Mayor and Chief Financial Officer of Brains on Fire, a creative agency dedicated to helping brands launch, grow, and have a meaningful impact. Brandy is the first female to hold the position of mayor in TR and is focused on seeing intentional growth without losing the small town charm. I'm so excited for the chance to talk with Brandy and for you all to hear her story. So to Brandy, I say, hey girl, hey, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Thanks for having me, Savannah. This is great. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Okay. So diving right in, you are, you've been the mayor of Traveler's Rest for five years now um, and you grew up there. There's just been tremendous growth. It seems like in the past few years. So what is it like for you to be back there witnessing that growth, but from the new lens of mayor? Yeah, it's so weird being in your hometown and sticking around because when I was growing up, I very much wanted to run away from the small city and I thought I was going to live in a big city and just had all these plans for getting out, which, you know, is totally understandable. And then I met my husband who lived here. All of our family was here. And so as I kind of started growing through the high school years, I was like, yeah, it's actually pretty cool here. And we're right beside Greenville, which is like, you know, huge, was up and coming at the time. And so I was one of those ones that had the aspirations of like leaving it and doing the big city, but actually stuck around. But when I was growing up, we just had very limited options for Traveler's Rest. We were a pass-through town. There's less than 10,000 people here. You know, there's not, we don't have mountains per se in city limits or beaches or ocean, you know, so it's, it was definitely very limiting. I mean, we had Waffle House when I was in high school. It's kind of the highlight of the things. And so to see that progression and now we're trendy and we have a main street that's hopping and, um, you know, all the amenities that college students would want, but also people are moving here from California and New York and Ohio. They want to live here and plant roots. And so it still seems a little odd to me that someone just drives through Traverse Rest and decides they want to make this their home when I was kind of, you know, divine intervention already here, but it's just great to have all those options and kind of like what we were talking about too. When people come back, like maybe they went to school at Furman or maybe they drove through here for a business trip and they come back years later and they're like, Whoa, this isn't even the same town that I went through. That's a really big compliment in a nice way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So my, my mom went to Furman and the, just the growth that happened in between the time that she was at Furman and me being at Furman is just insane. I mean, she came back and she didn't even recognize the town, which is so much happens in just a few years. And I think that was eye-opening to me too, because I've been on council for maybe like 12 or 13 years. I don't know. It all starts to blur at this point, but when I first came on, we were still in the like planning stage And we were planning for this to happen. But then when it did happen, it was kind of quick. It was almost in a span of five years. We went from being like the redheaded stepchild of Greenville County where nobody went to being like, oh, TR is trendy and hip and cool. And we want what they have. So a lot can happen in a short period of time. And in government world, it's like snail 
snail pace. Everything is so slow. And so to see something like actually happen relatively quick is, is pretty exciting. So people who graduated and then come back and they're like, oh, this is a different town from when I was here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like you guys have done such a great job too of, I mean, the way I describe being at Furman and living near Greenville and near Traveler's Rest to other people who don't know it. I just describe it as like, it's so perfectly sectioned off. It's like Furman's its own little bubble, you know, cause it's a closed campus. And then if you want larger, you know, more downtown city vibes, then you go to Greenville. But if you want your quaint small town breakfast at the crepery on a Saturday morning um, atmosphere, then you go to Traveler's Rest. And that it just is so perfectly sectioned off. And you guys have done such a good job of keeping and maintaining that just small town quaint atmosphere. I love that you described it that way because that is what we've been going for. And we've got Furman and you've got North Greenville University up the road, but, and Furman is actually in city limits. We annexed you guys years ago, but it's nice. Like you're right. You're sectioned off and you're from university that people come here just for that. But then you've got us. And so I I like to kind of think of our universities. Like I want you to think of your hometown as Travelers Rest. I go to Greenville, do all the fun things, see the bridge, you know, take it. But I want you to think of us as like, oh, this is where we had coffee and studied. And this is where we walked, walked on the trail. And, you know, cause that's, I think is what that nostalgia that's going to keep you smart people here. And that's the goal is to start to bring that all and and to keep around the the smart ones for the long haul. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I'm Savannah and I'm from Travelers Rest. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So shifting gears just a little bit, um, you, you're yeah. Travelers Rest first female mayor ever, I believe in the town's history. Yeah. How does that feel? That's so cool. How does that feel? You know, Savannah, it this this seems a little weird. It did not seem like a big deal when I was running for office. And I think I was just so intent on getting the position. I mean, you're essentially job interviewing with thousands of people, which is the scariest thing I have ever done. You have to put yourself out there. I'm not an extrovert salesperson by nature. I'm definitely more of a doer and introvert, but to like, we were talking like, put yourself out there for someone to critique you and judge you. And, you know, I am a little youngish on the mayor scale compared to other mayors in South Carolina. And so it was such a scary thing to run for office. I honestly couldn't think about the ramifications being the first until after I was elected. And actually on the night that I was sworn in, I had, we had a packed city hall, which is just such a blessing to see so many people that you love like to come out and support you. But we also had people that I didn't know. I had a couple of dads that brought their daughters um, out because they wanted to show them that a female could run a city. And so I have a lot of those examples where it then starts to say like, oh, this is actually a big deal. I still love it when um, I go somewhere and they're like, oh, the mayor's a a woman, you know, it's just kind of cool because people just kind of assume you have in your head of like this typical person that you see. And so I think having that example, I love going to um, usually second grade, I go talk to people and, um, you know, tell them what local government and what mayors do. And so those are always fun conversations to have with kids. And they they don't think anything different about me being the first female. It's like no big deal to them. And I love that because like that's setting the stage to where they won't think it's a big deal when they grow up, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's nice to be the first at something. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so can you give me um, some background on Brains on Fire and your role as the chief financial officer? Because you're not only the mayor, you're the chief financial officer of Brains on Fire, which I, I mentioned in the intro, is a creative agency. 
Yeah. So my background is a little bit of a boring background for some people, but I'm an accountant by trade. I was in high school. I took an accounting class. I don't even think they have accounting classes in high school anymore, Savannah, which is kind of sad, but I took an accounting class and I loved it. I loved numbers. I loved thinking about money, like how to hold it, how to grow it. And so that was kind of my inspiration. Went to school at North Greenville, was one of the first accounting majors there and got a job in banking. And it is just as boring as it sounds. But I didn't know because I didn't know anything. Like it's your first job out of school. You didn't know it was boring. And I had this friend that was a little bit older, one of my peers, and she was like, I got to get out of banking. Like, this is not for me. I need something where I'm growing things. And so she actually went to Brains on Fire and I loved her. And I was like, hey, when you guys get big enough, hire me. I'll come work for you. I think it was like 23 or something like that. So they did, did get big enough, hired me as a staff accountant, did not know what Brains on Fire was. Or what they did. I just knew it was something different from what I had been doing. And I had this amazing peer that was going to help me in this space. So what I learned in that was all about small business. I love the small business side of things. So at Brains, I take care of Brains on Fire. I take care of the money. I take care of the people, work on the culture, a lot of the growing the business thing. And then I work with this amazing group of people that work in the advertising and marketing space that can do just anything launching brands, amazing designers, artists, and just huge strategic thinkers that I get to kind of be around and absorb some of their smartness. And so it's just so nice for me with my particular skills to be able to lend itself to this environment. And we all work together really, really well. And so I get to see them kind of do their thing while also supporting and making sure that we have a good, healthy, sustainable company that's We've been around for over 30 years at this point. So my job is like, how do we keep us around for another 30 years? Yeah, that's fascinating. And I love too the piece that you mentioned about the analytical meeting the creative side halfway because you can't yeah. have one without the other. And it sounds like that's why you guys are doing such incredible work is because you guys are working as a team instead of as opposition. Which and is I actually awesome. said about um, four years ago, I became an owner of Brains. And so um, the original founders had, um, she decided she was going to retire. And so I was actually helping facilitate a conversation with Ben Hart, who's in Los Angeles, like your typical creative and in the part of that process, I was like, I bet Ben and I might be a really good team together because I can lend itself more to like the working on brains. And then he's more of working on the client. And we work really well together for that very reason. Because it's almost like if you have too much of one, it could create an unhealthy environment. So I think having us as like the yin and the yang and the balance works really, really well together. And so we've enjoyed that aspect and having someone running, running a business is really scary and hard. And so having a really good trusted partner and be like, hey, what the hell are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. Like we're going to figure this out together. And so just having that relationship is really important, but also playing on your strengths. You're not constantly having that um, imposter syndrome, maybe about, you know, what you're missing out on or how you're going to have to fake it. You've got people you can rely on, which is really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I could, I could talk about this all day long, so, but I'm not going to, but um, as far as the piece goes of like knowing you're like, just like you saw in your, in your, you know, business partners, you, you see his strengths and they're not yours. And so he can come and kind of fill the holes and I'm sure vice, I'm sure you do the same for yeah. him, which is such so a big, comforting, such a big, yes. It takes such a load off. You don't have to do everything all the time. I think when you step into like a big role of some kind and like, I've talked a little bit about this, um, 
when I've spoke at some places, when you're stepping into an existing role, like the mayor role was already there. The brains on fire owner role was already there. And so when you step into something, you have those preconceived notions, people ex have expectations of you and you kind of have to recraft or redesign what you look like in that particular role. And it's just, you start to kind of doubt yourself like, oh, I, I don't do it the way that person did it. Or I don't have this particular skill. I joke our former mayor could remember every person's name, who they were kin to and what street they worked on because he worked for the post office. I can't do any of those things. I struggle remembering my own kids' names sometimes. And so it's like, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to do that. I mean, it's a, it's a minor example. I'm never going to be able to do that. But I have all these other skills that I have to lean to. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to remember names for <laughs> a long time. But again, it's nice having someone that has those strengths that you can kind of rely on. So you've got a lot of irons in the fire. You're, you're the mayor, you're the chief financial officer for brains. You have a family. How do you balance all of that? Yeah, I, I would probably say that is the question I get asked the most, because I think people don't understand like how it works. I don't either. <laughs> I don't know. I do know a couple of things. One is like, I always wanted to make sure that my family is a priority. I have a husband. We've been married for 21 years this year, which is crazy because I'm not that old. Um, but we've been married a long time. I would like to keep him for a long time. <laughs> I have a little girl who's eight and I realized too, you have a very small window with your children and I don't want to look back and have regrets. And so I think having some of those priorities in place have been really helpful. Um, I really love what I do. And so I think that makes a difference when, you know, I wouldn't be mayor if I didn't absolutely love it. I wouldn't work for brains and, you know, be a part of this um, team if I didn't love it. So I think having some of those things like makes it work, but I think it's also kind of established. Like these are the things that I hold the most valuable. And as long as I can kind of circle around those and I'm like you, Savannah, I want to do a good job. And so if I can't do something well, I say no to it. I try to stay healthy, you know, like all those basic things to go around, but I think at the end of the day, when it's something that you really enjoy, you figure out how to make time for all those. And, and hopefully I'm doing them well to be determined. <laughs> it seems like you are just from my perspective. I'm on the outside looking in, but it seems like you're doing I'll a take it. fine job. <laughs> so, so reflecting back, how has where you were in college differed from where you find yourself today? Hmm, that's a great question. I I also was, I'm, I'm very much a planner. Even to this day, I still have plans. I try to think things through. Um, I was a little bit of an overachiever. When I was in college, I graduated in two and a half years because I, I was like, once I got in, I want to get this stuff done and move on. And so I was very determined in school. I always joke I missed the whole American Idol thing because I was studying so hard and then I studied for the CPA exam. And so people, I'm like, I didn't watch any of that, was not involved in it because I was studying so hard. But I think thinking of, um, the plan piece is that you can have the best laid plans never in a million years did I think I was going to be mayor of the hometown that I grew up in. It just was not on my radar. And so I think having open space for that was really nice. I do think that even the accounting gig like laid the foundation for that because the whole reason I showed up to a council meeting <laughs> was because I had heard that they I was like I don't actually know who the mayor is I don't know what they do I showed up I'm like they talk about money all the time I'm a CPA I could contribute to this conversation so just knowing that while in school I was making plans and I was doing the things that I felt were in the right place, but they were really setting me up for some setting me up for something that I didn't know existed. And I think that's 
comforting in hindsight. I think when I'm in the middle of it, I was a little stressed, like, oh my God, what am I supposed to be doing? And all the, you know, all the questions that you keep getting asked when you're in school. Um, but in hindsight, I was like, no, I did the things. And then there were opportunities that popped up that I said yes to even the brains gig. I mean, that was something I never would have thought I would be owner of, you know, a legacy advertising agency when I'm not an advertising person, you know, but I, I, I was there, saw the opportunity and said yes to something. And um, so I hope that would be comforting. It, like if we went back and talked to ourselves as the 20 year old college student, they're like, just chill opportunities are going to come up and you get to say yes to stuff. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. You don't even know what you don't know. You don't know. Until sometimes, sometimes you go out and you find it. And then sometimes it just slaps you in the face and you just have to say yes. And I've always said like, just show up. I would not have known if I wouldn't have showed up to that council meeting. You know, like, I think that's a part of it too, showing up to work, even when I didn't like my first job that much, you know, like, doing the things, uh, you know, just being a participant to see what opportunities, if I just stayed at home, I wouldn't have had any of those chances to kind of see what I like and what I didn't like. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about just putting yourself out there because if you're not there, you can't experience it. (laughs) What is a piece of advice that you wish someone had given you while you were in college? When I was about let's probably say I was like 27, 28. I remember seeing this woman that had everything together. Like, I just remember watching her. She was smart. She was like giving a tour for something. And I asked her, I was like, when, when do I get that? And she was like, there's something that comes from living life and just confidence. And I think I wanted that at 20. I wanted it at 24 and blah, blah, blah. So I think if I could go back and probably say like, Brandy, just like live the life, do the things it's going to come naturally, but I think it comes from experience. And that was really helpful for her to tell me that because it wasn't like something like, Oh, you have to do this and this and this to be confident in yourself. It's like, no, you just have to live and do things, make mistakes, do things well. And so I think that was very great advice that she gave to me that I would probably go back and say, like, don't stress over about having everything all together at 20, like certain things are going to come as you grow up and have more experience. And she was hundred percent, right. Like I feel more confident every year that I do something. And I hit 40 last year and I was like, Oh, getting old might not be the best thing, but having the confidence that comes along with it and the experience is, is really a nice place to be. Yeah. And what a comfort too, that you don't have to, there is not a checklist of like five things. And then you too can become confident. Like we're all so different. What you might need might be totally different from me. And I think it's your own experience that builds that confidence over time. And the only way you're going to get there is with time and trying stuff out and showing up. All right. So what is a question that I haven't asked you yet, but that you wish I had? Maybe what I'm most scared about. Okay. Fears. Yeah. Um, something I was always curious what people were worried about, especially in um, certain positions, like, you know, what your fear things. I usually joke that I'm worried something's hanging out my nose when I'm at a council meeting or something like that. So that's my <laughs> superficial worry. I'm always, oh, I hope nothing's hanging out of my nose or something's stuck in my teeth. <laughs> um, but my more big one is that, you know, there's a responsibility that comes along with taking care of people. And I have driven through Main Street before and just been like, oh my God, I am responsible for this entire city (laughs) and like having that stress. Um, And so I think one of my fears is that personally that I will take on too much of that stress. I'm not responsible for the entire city of Travel Dress. We have an entire team. We've got chiefs, city administrators. I have eight councilmen. Like we're in this together. And so I think one of my fears is that I start to think like, oh, that I'm solely 
responsible for all those things. Um, and I'm not. And so just making sure that I keep a good, healthy balance to that, because I think what we do is stressful as elected officials. I mean, there's always someone watching and, you know, always critique of who you are and how you kind of present yourself in decision-making. And so I just try to remind myself of that. Like I'm one of many on this team and I don't have to, to hold the weight of that all together. And I think when you're in positions of leadership, you feel some of that same weight of like, Oh, I'm responsible for this team. I have to make sure, but you're not solely responsible. You have those people that you can lean on and, you know, kind of feed into the strengths and weaknesses that you have. Yeah. And it goes back to that whole piece of that you were saying earlier about knowing your team's strengths and weaknesses, because it isn't, they aren't your own and they'll, you can lean on those confidently and be able to delegate and say, Hey, you know, this is not my forte, but you know what? It is yours. So I'm going to let you handle that. Yeah. I'm reading a slightly boring book, but it's going to be helpful to my growing about (laughs) accountability. And one of the things it's talking about currently is about being curious within a team And so just curious about their strengths, weaknesses, curious about what their motivations are, but then also being like, what do you think we should do to solve this problem? And, and just keeping that mentality of curiosity, I think is really healthy in a leadership position too, because there's no way to know all the answers. And especially as big as the stakeholders get, you're always going to make somebody mad or upset or, you know, not the best for that particular person. And so just having that reminder of, you know, how, how are we making these decisions together is feels like a healthy step, but I have to remind myself of that sometimes too. Oh, I do too. I, I, (laughs) for sure daily. (laughs) So what are the best ways for our audience members to reach out and connect with you moving forward? Yeah, I'm definitely on Instagram and Facebook and all those fun things. We have a discover travel dress. Um, Instagram and Facebook page. And that's where, you know, if we have some people who are local and they want to come visit TR, we try to have all kinds of fun activities. You know, you mentioned at the beginning about growing this town, but keeping that small town feeling. And we definitely want people to feel connected. And usually that's around families and having things outside to do and great restaurants to eat at. And so you can, you know, follow us on any of those um, social channels and Again, just like you did, Savannah, if anybody ever wants to have a conversation with me, I've never turned down coffee podcasts, having a conversation. So I think that's always nice. If someone's curious about me or what I do, just send me an email and I always respond. That's the good stuff about being able to make relationships with people. It's it's really exciting. All right. And I will link all of that in the show notes for today's episode. Brandy, thank you so much for coming on the show. I have so enjoyed getting to talk to you and your story and how you juggle all of those irons in the fire. You are amazing. And I, I've learned so much in the short time that we've been chatting. So thank you thank for coming for on. Me. And congratulations on your podcast launch. It's exciting. I'll be listening in. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Savannah Turner's Hey Girl Hey. Please be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at heygirlhey underscore sav for more info about our guests, podcast updates, and fun ways that you can get involved.